Craggy Island Rugby episode 19, La Rochelle Away. A little bit of a different podcast this week. We're going to take you on a story of a trip. Maybe bring you inside the uh, what it's like to travel with Connacht Rugby and what it's like for the Connacht Rugby team to travel over. We'll talk to the management team before the game and we'll talk to some of the other people involved with Connacht Rugby as well. Helping me during this podcast and analysing the game when we get to it later will be Lindley McKenzie. Lindley, it's uh, what 7am, we got up at around half four. Long journey, but uh, it's going to be fun. And at least it's a charter flight, which is always better. It's great having a charter flight, Rob. It just takes so much hassle out of the travelling, doesn't it? And also the other thing about it, it really creates, um, say, a bond between some supporters and and the team that they don't get that opportunity before. I know that there's a lot of uh, supporters when they go on those trips, they don't get to see the players on many occasions. But when a, on a charter flight, they do. And I think they get a total new appreciation for them. And also it gives them someone who they may have, may, may have never met before. And I know in the past that there have been supporters who have gone on rugby trips and they've met some of the, the players on the charter flight that might have sat beside them and they started coming to matches as a result of that because they had someone to shout for, they'd met them and they had a personal interest. So I think the idea of a charter flight with some of the supporters is a great idea. Okay, as it stands at this early hour, we don't know the team. We'll know that around noon, and maybe we'll chat after we get there. We'll hopefully have a word with Pat Lamb as well and see his perspective. Well, uh, Pat suggested in, in after the last match that because there's a, a three-week break from the Pro 12, so this is the last game before the three-week break, that he was going to go, all. I think he said, all out for this match. So I would expect that because all the players will be having a rest um, well, obviously Henshaw is, 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 is resting for Irish camp next week and that he will put his strongest possible team out because he wants the win first and foremost and hopefully with that win will also come a bonus point because that bonus point is going to be very necessary to get one of the three runners-up spots. Right, we'll get to gate number 201, I think it is. I'll get there now. That's it. Back 209. There. 209, OK, right. <laughs> Glad you're here. Pat, we're here in La Rochelle, the sun is shining, the blue skies, it's uh, a nice time of year to be coming to this part of the world, I suppose you can't really enjoy it too much because you've got a bit of a job to do. Yeah, we do, we do, I think that's, uh, you hit it on the head, there, a job to do, um, you know, we're fortunate uh, probably from some of the previous games that we still have a chance um, after disappointing result last week so um, it's been a good week there's a lot of learnings we, the review was very much around uh, you know we, we, we acknowledged the good stuff we did in scoring those tries but certainly around um, you know some of the key areas that I mentioned after the game we need to fix or worked out on that this week and bottom line is just got to get a job done do you find yourself watching the lads on trips like this and trying to gauge where their mindset is from as a group? And like you know, just watching them today, there seems to be really good spirits. They seem to be in, in really good fettle, if you like. But do you watch that? Do you try and observe your group in that kind of way? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I just watch mainly for relationships and seeing who's who's connecting. So and try and pick up if there's anyone looking down or whatever. And and uh, the good thing is a few people in the team that do that. And um, and then, but what I have learned in this game is that. Um, you know, sometimes it might not look right, and we get it right, and uh, it's hard to. I, I'd sort of gauge it more from a cultural side of things, but you know, the performance. Everyone prepares differently. Everyone manages their their preparation differently. The key is get turning up to perform. 
Mills Mullane's captain decide. Uh, a huge honour for him, I'm sure, uh, in, in the group, um, what, he, what it means to him to lead these young players. But he's going to be important here and probably wants to have a little bit of a better game than he did last week as well. A couple of turnovers that he'll be disappointed with. Yeah, he was the first to admit after the game that probably was his, wasn't his uh, best performance. And, you know, I think one of the things Mills has uh, prided himself on, and, and, you know, everyone knows he very rarely makes mistakes. So, um, yeah, there was a few issues for him last week, but we had a really good talk this week around. Um, you know, I asked him first and foremost uh, if he wanted to do the job, and you know, uh, it was a real honour for him to do it. And um, he's, you know, he's part of our chieftain, and um, you know, uh, has a lot of experience in doing that sort of role. So when you go into an environment which you're about to go tomorrow night, um, it is uh, it's good to have someone leading the, leading the group. Um, Tom McCartney will look after the forwards as well with uh, Nathan White coming back from injury to just focus on that there's enough leaders in there to support Mills along the way and you know uh, Mills set it up pretty clearly what uh, there's a job to be done and and, uh, no doubt he'll lead from the front You want to be in that quarter final? Oh without a doubt I think um, you know if we can get to uh, tomorrow night and Pro 12 6th place and in knockout football in April Euro football um, it sets us up for a nice back half of the season. Rob asked the question about when you signed on the dotted line on, on Sunday for a new contract and how you were feeling. Were there any doubts in your mind at all? I suppose it was um, not when I made the decision, but certainly, you know, as, as when you first come over and, yeah, um, you know, as you start to get to know everything and, and trying to work out, you know, where, where does Connick sit? So you have all your ambition or what you want to do on the basis of the vision, but it's... Um, once, once I could see that, you know, and I think the biggest appointment was Willie Rain coming in, followed by Eric Elwood coming in, um, you know, on the back of what's here. I mean, the whole, because it can't be, our, our ambition as a team, my ambition as a coach, which then goes into the ambition of the team, has to be this, the ambition of the whole organisation. And we all, wanna, we all want to get over to, to this. We've come so far here, but to move it, it needs good leadership right across the board and... Um, you know, certainly since Willie's been in, you've seen the, the difference he's making and getting the whole organisation on the same wavelength. And then you have a look at, um, you know, the appointment. Obviously, we know what Nigel's been doing in the academy. It's a really good alignment there, and that's a crucial part of what we do. And then you look at our commercial team, and we've gone up 25% in uh, our Pro 12 attendances. Um, all of that stuff just grows the... Uh, is excited, and that's not that's not Pat Lamb. That's that's people in the in, in the in the whole in the whole organisation working hard. That's what gives you the confidence that you're you're in the right place, and it gives you excitement of the potential where we can go. And um, just as we're as a team, and everything we do in the rugby field is as a team. Uh, the organisation has to be a strong team too, and a strong family as well, so that we can uh, get everything right for the you know the whole province. I think the thing I love about Connacht Rugby is that. If you look at our competition, what does the competition have? What do we have? You know, I'm talking right. I'm not just talking the other Irish team. I'm talking the whole competition. You know, we the, the beauty I love is we got a top six mentality. We might not have top six resources compared to some of the you know what's below us, but we have a top six mentality. Adrian Leddy, uh, you're into the second half of your term as president of the Connacht branch. It's an exciting time for any uh, club or rugby person in, in Connacht to be involved in the branch and, and to be elevated to such a, a role that's uh, such an honour. It's also just incredibly enjoyable too because you got, what, 28 games of the season to follow Connacht rugby through and lots of other great things and initiatives going on in the province at the moment. 
I'm enjoying it immensely. You're absolutely right. Uh, and it is a great honour to be pr- president of Connacht Rugby, and especially uh, at this time uh, uh, when the success of the professional side uh, within Connacht, uh, the leadership and the quality there, it's it's like being involved in a big family. Uh, the, the commitment uh, under Pat Lamb, uh, Tim Allnut, uh, all, all the lands, Dad McFarlane, you, you know, you could keep on naming and John Muldoon, the captain. Uh, they're great. They're great people. They're great. They're great um, people to be around. And um, I'm enjoying their company, uh, traveling with them to to all the games and and seeing um, what kind of can achieve. And uh, we were, were probably the the poor uh, province for a long time, but we're up we're up there with all the big guns now, and we we can compete, and we're competing very well in the Guinness Pro. 12 uh, this year and of course our target is to be within the top six and I have no doubt that with with the commitment that's there uh, we have a lot of uh, tough games ahead but uh, with the commitment that's there I feel that we will achieve that target at the end of the season. When you noticing from as you travel around Europe from what's been said to you about Connacht Rugby and what the other presidents and the other provinces are saying to you about and and you know and abroad as well about what they've seen from the in Connacht Rugby in recent seasons. Well, they always felt that we were an easy touch, and I suppose at the beginning of the season uh, they didn't uh, maybe put out their their their, their full squad uh, against us. But uh, now they realise they're doing the stats uh, on us uh, very carefully uh, pr- prior to prior to the games, so they know exactly uh, what's uh, what's happening and uh, what Connacht is about. They don't they're not taking uh, Connacht lightly, and and we've seen a good example of that uh, when Edinburgh came to the sports ground recently. Just on, on the challenges as well, this is a GA province traditionally and there's a great balance between the sports now. You know, Obviously there are going to be some people who will disagree with that, but I think most people feel that there's more people in the province coming out playing sport and that's good for the game. I mean, I was just chatting to Conor Finn there, used to play hurling for Capitagal, who were playing an All-Ireland Intermediate semi-final this weekend. You look at some of the guys from your own county, look at Danny Qualter who played minor football for Roscommon and, and is now on the bench for Connacht professionally as well. That kind of balance where guys excel at both sports maybe and then find which sport is best for themselves. Yes, indeed, and uh, you know I'm a, I'm a GA head myself, and uh, so much so that the incoming president of the the GA uh, in the kind of council has invited me to the AGM uh, on Thursday night. And uh, you know, it's, he's a colleague of mine. We went to St. Nathan's uh, College together, and we actually shared a flat in Dublin for years. So um, I'm, I'm probably saying a few words uh, at the uh, and that that is the close relationship. Uh, I would be a believer in relation to all youngsters. Uh, as long as you uh, get uh, people playing playing sport, it's healthy to to get people involved. And there is a, a very close link between the GA because like the GA is basically a summer sport, and a lot of uh, young people in it there likes to try out uh, something else. And it's great that the rugby is there for them over the over the winter months. And um, a lot of Gaelic people and Gaelic coaches and managers will will always tell you that it's uh, if a lad is playing rugby and that there uh, during the winter months it makes him a better Gaelic player during the su- the summer he's it toughens them up as they say. Pierce Keller, tour operator for Connacht Rugby, for how many years now? Uh, I suppose it's going on about twelve, thirteen years now. Back in the when I just went professional, second, third year, um, when we just had the old Celtic League with a few few games every year, um, and 
I think the first first uh, Challenge Cup game was down in well Montferrand, which is now Claremont. So that was back, I suppose, in early early noughties. It's it's great for a West of Ireland company, I guess, to be be involved in this. But maybe give people an idea of what it entails. Like for example, this weekend you're getting you're getting a gr- bit of grief because you got a Leinster plane bringing Connacht over to France. But people probably don't realise that it took a lot of work to, to get that organised and to maybe be able to make sure that this team could have a charter flight, which is a huge thing for a team. Yeah, well, this week this weekend actually, yeah, it's just a bit of charter flight. It, 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 for us, actually, it's 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 a little bit easier because obviously we've only got one movement. Hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously. Just getting their hands on the plane because we're trying to do it over Christmas and and that. So um, we kind of yeah we have the Leinster plane, but so I did a little bit of a uh, deal with my buddy in Dublin who looks after Leinster, and we kind of we kind of combined the two fixtures mm. and that. Um, so once we got that organised, it was pretty pretty straightforward. Obviously, uh, as I said the one movement just from Dublin to La Rochelle, which is a lovely with just an hour and twenty minutes of a flight. So it was really really great because sometimes you do you know otherwise we were looking at uh, uh, two flights over London. Uh, you know, up to, to London and then London down to maybe to Nantes to La Rochelle and then followed by a bus journey. So that is difficult. It's, it's difficult to organise, but it's also difficult on the players because there's it can be a long day, day, ten, twelve hours. So thankfully, this one has been has been a lot easier. So once tonight's game is over, it's just getting them to the airport uh, and getting them all on the plane and back into Dublin tonight. Yeah, like, look, there's pressure involved in this, but for you guys, you're used to it now at this stage. But that being said, like the buses have to be there. You, you can't have a team landing in La Rochelle and standing around. It'd be the last thing you want. So do you feel that kind of strain? Each step of the journey has to go right, you know, even if it's just a bus to bring them to the uh, the prima or to the captain's run. Well, correct. Yeah. I mean, you saw La Rochelle yesterday. It's a nice, <coughs> small airport. So okay, once we were going through passport control, I could see out the window and see that the buses were there. So at least that's another one. <laughs> that's another, that's another one you can tick off and say, well, OK, the coaches are outside, so ready to go. Yeah. I mean, you could say, you know, you kind of go, oh, uh, did I actually send, uh, d- uh, did I give the coach company the right times? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, but, uh, you know, t- thankfully, um, yeah, it's, everything's going to slip into place. Obviously, um, the guys will want the coach there at the right time. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll have their pre-match this afternoon and they'll have a little meeting and, you know, you know, Pat Lamb could say, well, we're going to go five minutes earlier or we're going to go five minutes later. So the coaches have to be there. The coach has to be waiting there maybe for 40 minutes before so to make sure it's, it's, it's there in time. And it'll be the same tonight, make sure... Uh, you know, obviously the match will finish they've got a few press conferences to do um, showers and you know bit to eat and get them on the you know get them on the uh, on the coach back out to the airport because we have we, 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 you know, we have, yeah, we've got a slot we've got to try and make that slot if we miss the slot then you could be there for another hour so interesting yeah because I'm going to be on that plane too Did, you know yesterday I just overheard you and I kind of joined the conversation you were chatting about getting them towels maybe you can talk me through that because it's one of those tiny things that people won't believe is so complex you know and trying to make sure that you got the right type of towel to the players because they don't have a hotel room to go back home to the game which is unusual like. well true yeah I mean as I said we're going home after the game tonight so obviously the guys will have to shower so um, it's a different obviously when the home game Martin Mar- Mar- logistics, logistics manager will bring towels for the players but obviously we'll have to get them from the hotel tonight and then we'll have to arrange for someone to drop them back to the hotel so obviously and if they're not dropped back then I'll get a bill next week for 40 towels at 20 euro piece because they weren't returned so we have to do little, little things like that yeah Warren Gavin, Connacht fan from Brussels. Ohm on the message board for those people who don't know you. Thank you very much. Good to have you here. Listen, I want you to give you a little bit of perspective on being a Connacht fan away from home. There's a huge diaspora that follow Connacht and, and it's kind of a link to back home, I guess. And would that be fair enough? Does, does following Connacht kind of just keep you kind of following home in one way or another? Well, I, um, that's, that's a very deep question. Yeah, I went, went deep straight away. It is a very deep question. I don't know. Um, I think for the most part... It's primarily because I love rugby. 
and you're always going to follow the team you know, from where you come from. But I left, I left Ireland uh, nearly 20 years ago. So the link back home is probably very diluted at this point. Mm. Um, but there is some sense, actually, because I'm from Mayo, but I was at university in Galway, I think I've had more of a link with Galway now through Connacht. Um, and it's something I miss as well. And, uh, and I love going home for home games, but I only do that maybe once a year. So, so yeah, but uh, as, as far as the diaspora is concerned, there are people way further away from Galway than I am. Um, so I don't want to feel like I'm speaking for them because it's probably even harder for them. If you're in a really far time zone, you don't get to see any games live on TV because you'll be fast asleep in bed or whatever. Mm. So I'm, I am lucky in a sense that I'm close enough mm. that I can make the trip over mm. when I need to. And uh, if it's on TV, I can go to the Irish pubs, they've got Sky. To go home now and uh, see the Clan Terrace, and to f- you can feel the noise coming out of it. It's, it's vibrating when, 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 when things are on the up and the Clan is, is cheering. It's like nothing I've ever experienced before in, in, in Connacht. And it's just a great feeling to see that we're, we're progressing as, as, as well as we are in terms of infrastructure and, and enthusiasm. When you walk into a new stadium, I'd say as well, you get it. I, I know from the point of view of when, when I was travelling just as a fan, I remember going to Bézier and, uh, well, I guess I was doing a bit of journalism as well, but I was in with the supporters. That feeling as you go into an away stadium in your colours, like today now, La Rochelle, it's one of those, it's the first time visiting it for yourself, I'm sure, and it's one of those rugby grounds that people will enjoy visiting because it's a, it's a small town club that have really bucked against a trend and there'll be a real little buzz of an atmosphere in there and it's great to represent Connacht as a fan in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I suppose... We- the, I mean, everybody was saying this yesterday that La Rochelle feels kind of like a Galway. It's a small town, it's, it's a port town, and there's a lovely vibe around the place. And I think from a rugby point of view, they're not exactly, uh, you know, high up on the table or anything. Very, again, similar to Connacht. And so I think there's a, there's a, there's a nice sense that of, 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 of uh, similarity between, between the teams and between the fans. Uh, the fans were out last night all having, having, having fun. Um, good vibe, uh, good interaction, and uh, yeah, we'll see how we get on. We, we'll see how they are after we win. Yeah, well, you're going to take this recorder for me during the game and try Apparently. and get, capture some noise. Let's see if I can make sure it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. oh yeah. Well, there's, no, no, there's space and there's batteries and everything. <laughs> excellent, excellent. The lads give me so much grief. I, I, I like I, this is a break for me. I'm away from the lads. I, I don't miss them at all. I, I'm, I'm, I'm purposefully being nice to you. So just because just yeah. I feel sorry for you, the way they give you so much help. <laughs> but later on tonight, I'll probably, you know, the, it'll, all it, it'll all change. Don't uh, worry. Luckily, I'll be on a plane at that point. Uh, yeah, so the, the boys are back in Galway. Actually, this is a good time to link to them because they're going to, like, give us a little perspective on the Connacht Eagles versus Germany. I mean, you know, I felt that, that they're our main crew and they should be where all the real action is this weekend. So I told them, lads, you're in Galway. I'll take the La Rochelle. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very nice of you to... Yeah. to to just put yourself out there and, and take one for the team. Let's hand swiftly over to Dave Finn in Galway. Ah, uh, yes. So hang on, hang on. Batteries? Yep. Check. Check. Space on the recorder? Oh, Check. Yeah. Recorder actually working? Oh, Check. Working fine, yeah. Yeah. No, we're not working with Rob today. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but a true professional journalist makes sure he has these things done before he starts his recording. I mean, to, to think otherwise is just... <laughs> Only amateurs do that sort of stuff. Of course. Anyway, anyway, gentlemen, we are just after what's standing in the cold. Uh, but try, sports ground. We've just seen something we never thought we'd ever say. Certainly this six months ago we never thought we'd say. We've just seen the Germans play rugby. And 
Well, we won 50 points to seven. I think it was the seven tries in the end. Some good performances. Jake Keenan came back. Keenan O'Halloran came back. And I suppose the first thing we need to say about the Germans is the Germans are very small. <laughs> I was surprised by how small they were, really. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a surprise. The biggest player on the pitch was either the winger or the centre. In They did bring on a large uh, couple of uh, forwards in the second half, but there were some very, very small players, which was quite unusual. It was a bit of a throwback. Alan Deegan is with us as well. Alan, you'd worry about them. I mean, we, we didn't have our best. We certainly didn't have our best back out. You'd be wor- and it was a game you'd be worried about how they do against the, against a, a team that's flowing backs. Our first choice backs would have had a field day today. Yeah, their next game's against Georgia. <laughs> yeah, I know they did give our scrum a little bit of a, a little bit of a hard time, especially when when Rodney came on, which was slightly worrying. But then when Rodney decided to do some work, he did. We did drive them back, and our we did have a struggle with the, the second lot of our, our substitutes come on and got on the wrong side of the ref for a little while but they sorted themselves out oh, it's hard to, I mean we, we were saying this before and we don't really know we have no idea whether this is a first choice German side whether no. it's it didn't look like it no, no. no. you wouldn't no. have thought so I mean it seems very so. unusual that in preparation for it well it is effectively the second you know it's division 2 to 6 nations you'd be very surprised you'd bring an international team and play the reserves of the yeah. club side it seems like this can't be their first team no couldn't, couldn't. I, I just can't see that being a, a first team they looked like an awful lot of young fellas and they're out <laughs> They're out doing their warm down now. The whole lot of them are out doing their warm down now. So it looks like it, it could have been just a, a run out for a squad to give them a, a, a shot at, you know, a higher level of rugby that they're not used to. Okay, we, you know, we, we can we because we don't have the background, we don't have an in-depth knowledge of the German game. It's very hard to know what to make of them. But uh, I suppose we should focus on really on what we were, what we were mm. looking at, which was we had the returning Jake in and we had the returning to Halloran. I thought Tiernan was solid, didn't have to do anything too spectacular, was not really tested, so it was a nice one out for him. Jake, much more prominent indeed, though he did give away a penalty and he did miss, he, he actually let a, one of the German back run through him in the first half. But apart from that, especially as the game went on, as he got more, as he got more into the game, he was, he was quietly impressive as he normally is. Yeah, I, th- I, thought, he d- I thought he did okay. It's, it's hard to judge in a game like this because Connacht scored 24 points in about 17 minutes and then it got a bit disjointed. I suppose they, they switched off a little bit and it wasn't until a couple of the substitutes came on that they actually picked up the pace again. It became quite mundane stuff. They knew they were going to win. They probably knew that before they started. Um, but he did okay. He's come through injury-free, which is, is, is what you want to see. I, I would have to pick out Kieran Gaffney. I thought he had an excellent game. I thought his, his work rate was phenomenal. He was running all sorts of lines and angles. There was a particular break in the, just before our out half went off. Shane O'Leary. Just before he made a brilliant break. Gaffney came screaming around from the blind side, put himself on the inside. O'Leary looked at him twice and didn't give him the ball and then got hammered, <laughs> which was a little bit unfortunate because Gaffo could have been in and he had a man inside him as well. So I thought his work rate was phenomenal. I thought... Um, Stephen McVeigh. McVeigh, when he came on, was astounding. He was everywhere. Masterson, Masterson had a great game. From again, he was he was stopping guys in their tracks, literally stopping guys in their tracks, doing a lot of work, getting up and going again. McVeigh comes on, and Masterson was able to have a rest because McVeigh was doing the work of two men. He was just on fire. I was very impressed with Masterson. I have to say, uh, I agree with you both. I thought both sides of the parade had a decent game. So, um, mm. would you think Shane Lowry's would be would be pushing now to get into the maybe as a backup test? Maybe maybe even pushing my third choice ten. 
I certainly, I think he'd be pushing my for sure. Third choice ten, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he played well. He, he ran the game well. You know, considering how much possession we had, we had quite a lot of possession and we, you know, a lot of good go forward ball. And it was a beautiful day. Like the flags were hanging limp here in the sports ground. We were laughing in the crowd, going, "We never see that going on." Um, need to mention the crowd as well. There was hmm. what maybe three hundred and fifty people, oh, four hundred here. I've, I've seen, I've been at Celtic League games many years ago when there was less. Uh, it's just a pity that Connacht couldn't be uh, bothered to have a PA announcer to tell us who was scoring the tries and the substitutes. It surely uh, that's a requirement for a game like this. It's not that difficult to do. But um, just to wrap it up, because Rob only gave us five minutes slot, because you know he's you know it's getting in. He doesn't want to do a long podcast today because you know those marinas won't be viewed enviously by themselves. You know? <laughs> uh, and of course, there is a lot of croissants. He's, he's possibly going to come up with an idea for a GA thing croissant in Ballon Rob. <laughs> uh, final thoughts, gents. Probably just it was it was nice to see. It's nice to see somebody different here. I suppose is the best way of running. Yeah, absolutely. And um, fair play to them. But I am. Um, Georgia is uh, is a scary prospect for them. Michael Bradley was here today doing a bit of scouting for Georgia. I don't think he saw anything that's going to even remotely concern him. No, no, and it was just good to see Jake back up and running and running around. It wasn't wasn't favouring his shoulder or anyway in any way, shape or form. Made a couple of big hits, so yeah, it's great to see him back. Indeed, uh, not that much we can say. Uh, good scores. Nicely, five. I think it's six backs scored. I think the entire starting back line got a try apart from Tunin. Um So it's nice to see. Next time we're here is we're not here till March. Just, just, just on one little thing, I just like to finish off. There is a connection between Connacht and oh. Germany. Our flag mm. was given to us back in the 11th century by the the Schotten Cloister, which is an Irish monastery based in Bavaria, not too far from close to Regensburg, which isn't too far away from where these guys seem to be uh, sponsored. <laughs> sponsored. Um, I'm just to give you some idea. Connacht response have Mazda on the back of their tracksuits. Germany have the Dubliner Bar Heidelberg, and uh, it only rem- would be remiss of us not to mention the Dubliner Heidelberg for all your Heidelbergian <laughs> rugby needs. <laughs> Over to you, Rob. Hope oh, you don't choke on your croissant. <laughs> Back in La Rochelle, we're almost getting towards the point where the Connacht team will be getting on the bus and heading out to the ground. The sun is shining, the rain has gone away, and I'm delighted to say, joining us on the podcast for the first time is uh, Connacht Media Executive, Louise Creedon. Louise, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Rob. How are you? Very, very good. I'm sure the lads have enjoyed their game back in Galway, but here in France, good support over here, a bit of a buzz. Uh, team seems to be in good fettle, and you're a busy girl over here. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's not every trip that we'd have so, so much support travelling with us, but uh, definitely adds something different to the, to the trips, and uh, the guys really appreciate it, so it's good. I don't know, did you hear Neil Francis talking about whoever the media guy is and is in, in, in Connacht, he's doing a great job. Uh, maybe you can introduce people and maybe Neil to the media guy that is in Connacht and the fact that uh, you've gone into this role and you've really got to grips with it now and you're probably enjoying it, I imagine. Yeah, so the, um, this is my third season. Um, I did hear Neil Francis, I actually, <laughs> I think it was you that brought it to my attention on, on the podcast and then a few other people said it to me. Um, was a nice compliment to get to him in a, in a weird way but um, yeah no absolutely loving it um, it was very different obviously coming into it um, and I suppose I wouldn't have had huge experience with the rugby club before but definitely feel I've, I've grown into the into the role and absolutely loving it you're probably not expecting this question but it just makes me think about the fact that you know in terms of it's a male dominated environment the rugby scene but you know you see with Lindley she's one of the few female journalists there on this beat same goes from your point of view how, how does that work or how do you find it and do you find it very easy to kind of travel with a team you're probably on the away games you're probably one of the few girls who are involved in Connacht rugby yeah and the away trips I'm the only girl which um, I often 
a lot of people say to me, some people say, oh, you're so lucky, the best job in the world. And everyone, other people say, would well, you actually the only girl there? And um, to be honest, you don't notice it at all. Mm. Um, the coaches and the backroom staff, like I'd consider good friends of mine now. And there's a really good, I suppose, professional but friendly environment that, you know, I'm well able to look after myself so it's it's very good you grew up in uh, dublin two parents who were very involved in rugby as well your dad's a monster man isn't he yeah both my parents are from monster dad right. from Kerry and mom from waterford um and they moved to dublin so that's where we grew up but i think my parents are fully connect converts now at this stage so uh i remember looking down at the plan stand to my parents for the connect monster game and when um here, mommy and got in for that try. I've never seen my dad look so happy or celebrate so much for a Munster man celebrating the, the Connacht win. It was, it was kind of cool to see. So, so people probably don't realise how busy you are over here. So William Rand's over here and I think the PGB, <coughs> most of the PGB are over here as well. Yeah, the full management meeting. We, we arrived yesterday on a charter flight, which is great, obviously, and we got in here at around 11 o'clock. I was on that flight as well. But <laughs> it was very hard even to get a few minutes with Pat Lamb until after the captain's run because he was very, very busy. Just maybe talk people through the fact that you use your time over here to get some stuff done. I guess it's a chance to get everyone in one place and, and get a big meeting like that out of it. Yeah, I suppose you spend so much time on the road that you do have to make the most of the time. Mm. Um, it's unusual as well that the entire PGB um, and all the management will be here at the same time. And I suppose back in Goy, everyone has, the PGB would have their own jobs going on. So while they are all here together, um, it was decided, yeah, that they would have a proper um, sit down and, and get together. And it went on for a good few hours. But um, no, it's, it's definitely worthwhile and it makes the most of the trip, I suppose. And you're saying, well, what's this talk about you guys running around? I, I've heard that you were running around in, in laps outside the hotel this morning. Can you explain why the management team are up at 8am on the day of a match doing that? Sure. Um, <laughs> so since Pat came in last year, um, one of the things that he brought in, and I suppose it, it goes back to building culture and what he does kind of within the team environment. Um, so when you're on an away trip, anyone who is a non-playing member of the squad, so that's you know the physios, medical team all the coaches team manager and myself um we get up at 7am mostly on the day of the game for a 5k run <laughs> five kilometers not just a little run either yeah so it's about you know half an hour to 40 minutes and then we come back and do some circuits and yeah it's, it's good i mean you dread it sometimes the thought of it getting up but uh once you're up and you do it it does kind of prepare you for the day ahead but um unfortunately today when we got up in la rochelle it was too icy to run so um like you couldn't even walk outside the hotel, it was that icy. So Pat um, used his imagination and we found a car park across the road, underground car park with um, very few cars in it, and we did laps of each floor of the car park three times and there was five floors, so interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's the one where we should have got the photographers out, yeah. I suppose, that, like, yeah, I was going to say, when you wake up in the morning, I can see how you might look forward to it, but I suppose it just kind of underlines the kind of way, we, we had a great chat with Pat here uh, yesterday, myself and Lindy, which obviously the listeners will have heard already, but he is, he's very keen to, from your point of view as a media officer, he is very keen to talk and, and he really, he loves the chance to speak to anyone. You hear him on the radio and, and he, he does have a lot of substance in what he says and he engages with the press. I guess that makes your job a little bit easier. Yeah, so much easier. Like obviously my first year was with Eric and that was a really good introduction and like I was kind of honoured to have worked with him mm. um, and he was great with me and helping me in the first year and then for Pat to come in was just so seamless and he's just so open to yeah, to engage with the media. There's nothing that he isn't happy to do and just as long as he knows what it is and why we're doing it, um, he's, he's more than happy and I think he enjoys it as well.
It is a fantastic stadium, all seated. Uh, we're in the main press area looking across at the big main stand. And I see Tom McCartney just taking a stroll across the pitch. He's just gone back into the dressing room now. And some of the Connacht players are out there. Pat Lamb is out there. All getting ready. Lindy McKenzie for the start of a game. That's going to be, well, it could be really, really important for Connacht. Just the anticipation's building as we get closer to it, anyways. Oh, absolutely. I think... Um Basically, Connacht really need to win and, and need to win with a bonus point to guarantee themselves, and that is, you know, that's the bottom line, and that's I think what Pat Lamb is aiming for. First and foremost, they'll have to get the win. They won't worry about the bonus point until after that, and then they can go for the bonus point. We've no idea what kind of crowd we will get here tonight, but there's still a good few people milling around, and their team are so popular in this town. They're so big in this town. It's some place, isn't it? The sun is shining today and was shining on La Rochelle Town Centre as well. It's a beautiful place. Oh, it's stunning. It's a stunning place. Um, mind you, it was raining this morning and I had to put a, a raincoat on but now the sun is out very cold of course and there is a there is a, a little bit of a, a, a small breeze mm. I think um, and it is and it's quite cold and it'll be getting just dark actually by kickoff time so yeah. obviously the floodlights will be on um, should be good atmosphere there's 100 Connick fans here there's at least anyways uh, they were photographed in the paper today actually photographed last night out and about so they're very proud of that that seems to be their, their achievement so far and they'll want to make plenty of noise just to underline their presence here uh, what are you expecting from the game the changes that Pat Lamb has made Connor Finn into his better position of 12 that will suit him Danny Pullman and himself have had a whole week to work together as well it's not as if Danny Pullman's are, uh, uh, you know unaccustomed to playing outside centre even if it is uh, a case this season that he hasn't played there I think Danny- well, the extra game I should stress well, Danny Pullman is an excellent footballer. I'm, I wouldn't be overly worried about the centre partnership. I think it's going to really come down to the ability of the pack to stand up to the La Rochelle. We know that they're big, we know that they're strong, we know they're powerful. They're also at home, and they do have pride in, in themselves, particularly in their home environment. It will depend on their attitude going into this, knowing that they have a very strong game against Clermont very next week in the top 14, and obviously that will take a priority for them. So I would say, you know, if... if it's a dry it's a dry night if Connett can get the ball out wide if Connett can stand up particularly up stand up to this pack and get on the front foot I think Connett are as well within their capabilities to, to get what they're looking for we're going to hand back to Warren Gavin now and he's going to take you through the game we'll have some pre-game post-game audio I think Noel is joining him and Kieran from the Connett clan among others have a listen Right, we are outside the stad, Marshal de Flandre, and I am with Niall, who is uh, warming himself with a nice hot, hot, hot wine, a mulled wine. Uh, how do you feel about uh, how this is going to go? Uh, I think um, uh, the fact that uh, La Rochelle have a B-team out and their priorities are in the top 14, I think we'll get a win. Bonus point? Hopefully. Uh, I'm, I don't think it's certain. I don't think it's guaranteed because they have to this be the clocher over here where they are very proud about making sure they put up a good fight at home. Uh, I think we will get the win, but I don't think it will be by a big margin. I hope it is. So interviewing Binky... Or Kieran, got new yet again. New, uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we had to uh, change from the uh, original schedule because, and it's it's getting quite common at this stage. But the battery ran out again, Rob. Uh, you said you'd fixed it, but not the case. So here I am with Kieran, Pinky from the forum. How are you feeling about today, well, anyway? You know, I was feeling fantastic earlier on when you interviewed me with the other device that didn't work and so my fantastic words uh, I I, I must say it was was probably the best you know interview I've ever given Um, but to now I suppose you know 
There is a bit of confidence. Uh, what happened basically was there was a line out over there. Uh, I looked down to pick up my beer. Okay. But while I looked down to pick up my beer, Connacht uh, had broken through the defensive line and Kieran Marmion was in for a try. Uh, feeling um, a bit you, more you confident were, you now. We settled in nicely. And you seem a bit more upbeat now. Well, there's no record of my lack of confidence at the start, so I'm about to say claim now to have been confident <laughs> all the way. Uh, I think I predicted that we would score within the first uh, two or three minutes, okay. and that's indeed what's happened. Okay, we, we will come back later for your next round of revisionism then. Yes, okay. fantastic. Good to know. Rochelle with three more points there. It's now six eight in Connacht's favour. Uh, it's got it's getting it's kind of a nervous game now. Not much atmosphere. Exactly. Yeah, it's um, we've had a couple of counter attacking opportunities. Uh, both resulted in knock-ons. One from each winger. Uh, traded a couple of penalties. We had a, a penalty hit the post. It's 2011. It is. It's time for one of Pat Lamb's patented halftime hairdryer speeches to get the to get this game back in the back on track. I think he needs us. Uh, I think we're losing the battle up front. But the most irritating thing about the first half performance is that we seem to be playing within ourselves uh, and and uh, almost like they came to just expect the win. And you can't do that uh, away to a French team. You need to come here and you need to be able to dominate it up front. And if you don't do that, then you're going to lose the battle. Kind of hard when you lose your starting seven, though. It is. It's a, it's a bit frustrating. Uh, uh, but I think the real issue is in the front three. Uh, as you saw the last couple of minutes, uh, the first half was that we lost the battle up front. We lost the scrum. And uh, as a result, we lost the tries as well. Uh, if they can turn that around and if they can uh, fix that, then I think we'll be okay because going forward, we look like we've got a lot of uh, potential. Kieran, 20 points to 16. Either this game has woken up or we have. Yeah, a little from column A, a little from column B there. Uh, Connick just absorbed a period of serious pressure from, from La Rochelle. Um, a great try saving tackle from Conor Finn in the in the corner there uh, and uh, we've relieved the pressure but uh, definitely Connacht have, have, have come to life I don't know there must have been a bit of a a talking at half time so, uh, so hopefully they've, uh, they've come alive and we're going to see a bit of a try fest in the second half Training ground kind of moved, lulled them into a false insecurity and then hit them with uh, a brace of tries from Nee, uh, sprung for the bench and uh, Matt Healy and yeah, it was all job done. Uh, there was definitely uh, no sense of nervous tension I noticed among any of the, uh, the, no, the, the, the Connor fans there. It was a pretty um, calm lot, yeah. yeah. Rob, what am I holding? You're holding a phone that records things. Yes, why am I doing this? Because my batteries went. My batteries did not go. They went! 
second. Rob, you are without a doubt the most well prepared journalist. Up, I have batteries with me though. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. So well, some defence. You could have given me those, <laughs> couldn't you? So did you just do all that on your phone? Well, yeah, we, we have everything recorded for you. Oh, what a man. Uh, we, we're, we're, we're a professional outfit. <laughs> do you realise how I, much I abuse I'm going to get when I you're home? I said I wasn't going to tease you. I wasn't going to go hard on you. And then and then you did that to me. But hope, but thankfully, like like the Boy Scout I never was, I came prepared. So, <laughs> so I have saved your bacon slightly. Ladies and gentlemen, next season's presenter of Craggy Island Rugby, Warren Gavin. I thank you. I thank you. <laughs> Lindy, I'm asking everyone, so I may as well ask you to start this wrap-up of our podcast and our trip as we wait here in the, the airport. I don't, first of all, is our plane? Oh, it is. I see it here. It's arrived uh, a few minutes ago, I think. So oh, happy days. So all of a sudden, the Leinster colours on it aren't going to be as uh, any concern. It'll do just fine. <laughs> the only two teams in Europe left exactly. anyways at this stage. Exactly. We deserve to be on the same plane, don't we? <laughs> 100%. 100%. Um, I, I guess, yeah, well, I was going to start by asking, have you, have you ever seen a finish to a Connacht game like that with that kind of spark of genius in, in a tricky corner, probably cornered at that point? Well, amazing, isn't it? But it was the, the, the two wings who did it. Matt Healy, who has been probably one of the most outstanding strike forces for Connacht all season, mm-hmm. always threatening. And, of course, Eddie Loken, who did an amazing job, given the fact that he actually hasn't been playing in that team for, 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 yeah. for quite some time. I presume you could also say it was a stroke of genius on the part of the management team who actually waited to put him on with the clear instructions to strike. And strike he did. Yeah, maybe maybe now we go straight to... Let's, maybe we'll go straight to a bit of audio from post-game because when we were talking to Mills and to Pat, this came up in both, both cases. I asked Mills about the spark of genius. I asked Pat and Pat was saying, keep him warm because he's going to have to do something special. Pat, that's incredible victory. I mean, we've been commentating. I've seen a lot of games in my time to see those kind of tries go in in the space of two minutes at the end of the game. What an elation for the team. Yeah, a wrap. You know, we talked about it this week. You know, last week when you know, I spoke, we scored just before half-time when Matt Healy scored that try last week and, and we kicked the ball away and just were happy to kick the ball into touch and we talked about our mindset is about, you know, put the foot on the uh, on the throat and, and, and I expect us to attack if we secure that kickoff. And uh, to see that happen again, that's exactly what we talked about and I think you know we, we started the game off well but then we slipped into a little bit of last week too we, we, we kicked ball away we turned ball over and um, and then which forced us to do a lot of defending again against big guys so we spoke about it at half time I just said a simple message was fellas when, when we have the ball they, they are really struggling and you, I could see they were slow to get into place but when they have the ball you know we've had to do a lot of work against bigger guys so if we could control their position we'll get there and you know one of the reasons why I have signed and stay here is that these guys never given you know they just keep going and keep going and uh um, and I'm you know, extremely proud of them. You could be critical at halftime because you know yeah. a lot of mistakes, and maybe it just didn't seem to include in. But the second half, the application, the work ethic, they were inside their own 22 for about 10 minutes at one point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, again, it, was, it's, it wasn't a hard thing to fix. Just like I said last week, it's just about as, as a group. And yeah, we got to, and I, we also got to take fact there's a lot of uh, you know inexperienced guys who've had a few changes with injuries and that. And um, you know, there's, there's some you know every game there's some lessons that we can learn. And you know, I think um, and. And, uh, and that's part of the whole education of, uh, 
of what we're trying to do. And so, um, but ultimately, it's, uh, it's it's a great win. We're now into knockout football, and in, uh, in uh, April we can park this. And the boys deserve a well a, a well deserved break because ten games on the trot. And I suppose when we went back to back, Leinster, Ulster, Munster, Edinburgh, Exeter, all massive teams, and um, with a with a pretty short squad, reduced squad, and now with Willie's injury was a, was a concern. Um, it, uh, it's, it's a monumental effort what we've uh, gone through there's a lot of talk in European world rugby about big men and big sizes they had some big men there but yeah. Connacht have found a way around it and found a way to get the better of them yeah I, I agree like um, you know we do a lot of school work and uh, you know um, and everybody being having these team skills that are, that are really after um, you know everyone being able to uh, you know pass under pressure uh, short passes long passes everybody being able to run angles uh, everyone working hard into place everyone being able to attack the ball on the breakdown because then we as a collective we're stronger and um, and uh, you know again it's all our good stuff from following on from last week all those tries the team tries you know was, you know a bit of X for the front and from Nihi Ariolikin and Matt Healy yeah. but listen and on that try just before I conclude that like that was just a spark of genius <laughs> yeah it was you know uh, you know we've had a uh, I, told, I sent the word out to uh, get Nihi ready and make sure that he's really warm because he's got about you know nine minutes to do something or two of 13 minutes at the time, sorry, to, to do something, and I don't want him, he ain't got time to warm into it, so fair play to uh, Paul Bunce and uh, Dave Ellis on the sideline, and um, you know, he went out there and uh, showed that he was definitely warm. This is the third time this season that Connacht had two defeats and didn't go to three defeats in a row. How important is that? How important is it to be in the quarterfinal going into a two-week break? Yeah, it's massive. I think, um, you know, again, it's again the same process of focusing on not on outcome. You know, we didn't talk about, you know, we have to win this game. We, we all knew that our whole focus was on the performance and, and, and around our jobs and, and this week's been a week where we took a lot of learnings from last week but again we went back to our process of every day making it better making sure we improve things and I asked the guys they all had to come and see me during the week to give me one thing that they're going to uh, put some extra work in and you know and fair play to them they, uh, they they just spent a bit more time with the coaching staff um, on, on areas that they make a difference and uh, they made a difference out there all right, Mills, uh, it must be an amazing dressing room in there. It's just an incredible feeling to think that uh, Connacht have dug that out so well and, and they're going to be the talk of the town now after getting four <laughs> tries in La Rochelle. Yeah, it is. I think we're, we're pretty happy um, given the fact that uh, we defended a lot in the second half. Mm. Uh, we probably came here um, thinking that we are going to play a little bit more. We thought we were gonna, they are going to kick a little bit, a bit more. They didn't do that in the first half, so... Um, talking in the sheds, we knew that defensively we were going to. That's the way we we're going to. That, that was we were going to win the game, and you know, we're pretty pleased. And I suppose with the uh, when the subs come on and, and a little glimpse of brilliance, and and then to finish it off again with um, a Matt Healy try, we're pretty we're pretty happy. Knee hasn't been involved for a few weeks. I mean, can you bring me into a mindset of a rugby player that can step onto the field after a few weeks out of the team and do that and, and be such a hero? Like? Well, I, I think it's the competition that we're creating within um, within the group. There's some. You know, there's a lot of talk about how young these guys are and um, you know what they can do and the ability they do have. So to get hungry again after being injured and, and seeing how Matt Healy are playing and, and also Danny, you know, guys like that want to get the opportunity. He got his tonight and um, although it was a little bit limited, he, he showed what he can do. So it's going to create uh, you know a lot of competition and, and, and also for myself, I think I should have probably waved out a little bit earlier to get, get myself off to get a little bit of X Factor on, but... Um, it just goes to show the hard work that uh, we're putting in you know, off, um, on the training pitch. It's, it's reflecting in the way we play and played tonight. And um, I'm certainly delighted with the way the guys defended because there were a couple of uh, you know moments where La Rochelle broke and we scrambled really, really well. We got the ball back and we got ourselves out of trouble. So 
I think that uh, that shows a lot of character and um, and real belief within the, within the Connacht guys. One such moment was in that corner. You got a hand on Claire, and he was almost in, and they scrambled across and did just enough. That, that ten minute spell in the twenty two, I suppose, was the foundation of the victory. Exactly, and you know that shows a lot of heart. I think you can't you can't really train a lot of that. It's a, the, the will to be able to. Um, you know, have your mates back and and, um, and dig deep and making sure that uh, our line's not breached. Uh, we probably let them in um, a couple of easy ones in that first half. And but as I said, um, that's real character. I've been able to um, you know scramble well when you know it's easy to um, when you're five metres out to let them score. But the belief and the character within this group of men is just fantastic and something that we're enjoying. Just want to mention the forwards too. That first try in the second half came from simple rugby. You really simplified your game. That must have been a message in the dressing room. It was probably a little bit over complex. Nice score from McKeown. Nice clever move from McCartney. Exactly. I mean, to work a move like that, um, particularly when we've been defending, um, and we just when we got our moments, um, you know, we took it. That that got us back in the game. Um, it was, um, I suppose, it looks pretty uh, easy, but I think that you know the forwards train things like that, and it's always nice when you when you um, you know implement things off you know in the training pitch and it comes off. So. As I said, the forwards worked really, really hard. When we were in there 22, we sort of tried to build a bit, bit of pressure and um, fortunately enough for, um, for that moment, we, we got over. So it's a big pat on the back for the forwards for getting us back in the game. OK, so that's the post-game chat. It was interesting listening to Mills as well. I mean, he's really an informative uh, player. He's really good to chat to. He's a man who kind of looks back on, on games and assesses them really well. And I just like chatting to him after today's game. And it was, it was interesting. He saying, I should have put my hand up earlier to go off. Yeah, he's a very, he's a very comfortable... He's comfortable in himself, isn't it? He's yeah. been there. He's done that. He's done everything. He knows his faults. He knows when he's done something wrong. And I think the most outstanding thing about it was his total belief in the Connacht game plan in the Connacht players and his faith in them that they were actually were going to strike and they, he never, that, that he said they had so much faith that they that they would come good in the end yeah and that, that's that's the sense of belief it's it's unreal really that's what's in this side so all season twi- uh, three times they've lost two in a row they haven't gone to that third in a row I was saying to, to Dan that that's, that's the kind of substance that we're talking about last season there was the promise and the the good rugby this season there's a substance to go with it in terms of gaining points gaining victories third win in a row away from home here in France for example well it was very important to get that one wasn't it mm. you know to, to go through to the quarterfinal that's that's an, an achievement I think it might be the seventh time Connacht have actually made a quarterfinal good stats well if that's if I'm correct <laughs> about the seventh time since the start of the tournament that they've gone through to the quarterfinals um, the first, of course, being back in 1997, I think it was, 98. I did didn't they? Yeah. That's right, another French side. Now, we didn't have that much luck on that, on no, that occasion. On the scores that day. Was, but it was a great occasion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think it, look, at the end of the day, they're, they're, as, as Pat said himself, they're where they want to be at this stage. They're through to the quarterfinals, which was a goal and a target they had set themselves. And remember, they didn't have the easiest of pulls. Like, there was, there was, no, there was no very weak team in it mm-hmm. in, in the Connacht pool. We didn't have a, a Revigo and we didn't have the Bucharest that you could you could notch up a load of scores. You actually had two very strong French teams. Now I know, especially at home, right? well, especially at home. I know away from home it's a different proposition, and also they are kind of propping up the bottom of the, the top fourteen. But that said, they 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 are big strong sides, and they certainly proved that today because they certainly had Connor under the cosh for long periods of that second half. In a sense, yeah, exactly. That was the point. So the first half, you could look back in the game and say, oh, but we. Connick gave them a try just before halftime that they shouldn't have and Connick started off with a brilliant try from Marmion that's forgotten now in all this story you know a lovely little chip over the top from Healy who you've credited that didn't just finish the game while well. he had a super game all around but just just to make that point it's that second half push again from when they had made the changes from La Rochelle that shows there was real substance in what La Rochelle did 
Oh, La Rochelle were never going to give up, were they? No. They, they, Good atmosphere. Fact, they wanted it. Great right atmosphere. And they, they, at home, they, as everyone says, they're a totally different proposition. They, had to, they take a lot of pride in their game. And remember, as we say, how, how, what a focal point of the community that that team, that La Rochelle team is. And they showed pride in themselves and proud and pride in their, in their, in their town. And I think once they were given that sniff of that try before half time, they went into the second half knowing that they could possibly win that match. And they showed that in the first 20 minutes when really and truly just outstanding defence from Connacht a little bit of luck sometimes as well mm-hmm. but good pressure in terms of the, the defensive pressure that Connacht put under them and, and and kept them out. We said in the commentary myself and Joe and Galway Bay that if if they got in, when you know when they were under 22 I think it was a line out 18 minutes out, we just said look if they get in now that's the game, it's going to be two scores did you feel that too? Yeah it was, it, it would have been I think all over, I mean Connacht might have come back and they might have got maybe another two tries at the end but it may not have made the difference in terms of the winning defence can I be a bit mischievous and say that Robbie Henshaw is going to be playing quarter-final of European rugby? Yeah, it's the Challenge Cup. He's going to be playing on a massive weekend for European rugby. So are all the Leinster players. So are all the Connacht contenders like Nathan White and Kieran Marmion. The guys from Ulster and Munster aren't. And I'm being mischievous just to say that when people go on and on about Robbie needs to be playing at a certain level, he's going to be playing at a certain level. Not playing here today, but just want to throw that out there. Well, look at if it, we're playing Gloucester. Yeah. Now, Gloucester uh, have been touted from day one as favourites to win this competition outright. Yeah. Gloucester are no... Are no Sort of bottom rung no. English Premier Champions Champions Cup team just just out of their place for a minute. Correct. Yeah. So I think I, I I don't think you know that washes that we're just in the in the Challenge Cup. We're playing a very very good English Premier side. Now we have played them before. And if on that occasion, I think they stole the victory with an injury time try by, by um, Tom May. Let's hope that doesn't happen again. But they are, I think they're a very strong side. Okay, we're just going to throw in, you, you brought that up, so I'm going to throw in a bit of my chat with Dan McFarland. Dan McFarland, I'd like to get into a bit of a chat about the Fords, but before I do that, first of all, what a performance from Connick to dig that out again, showing character right to the end, and probably, I don't know, you've watched a lot of Connick games I have, have you ever seen a finish to a game like that with such class? I think, you know, it was superb, yeah, no, it was superb, and it was, it was nice in a way to, to win it with a bit of individual brilliance. Mm. Um, you know, two pieces of magic in the, in the final few minutes to steal the game, which... You know, I say steal the game, but 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 win the game. I felt we played well overall. You know, um, apart from our discipline, but uh, um, in the end, it was two pieces of magic that won it. Listen, the uh, second half, first, if you like, halftime team talk. I haven't really asked any of the lads what it was like, but there was a much better focus about Connacht in the second half. The application to defence in those 20 minutes in their own, well, probably 10 minutes in their own 22, the start was very, very technically sound and a really nice, neat little move in the line-out to get that try. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think at half-time we had to sort out a couple of things. One of the main things was our discipline mm. and, and not giving penalties away. Um, you know, the referee was interpreting the tackle area in a certain way and we didn't react to that um, I don't, I'm not saying that he was wrong um, it was just we didn't react to it we got caught a couple of times and we upset him and we managed to get a, a man in the sim bin um, that was as much down to two quick penalties in 30 seconds it was you? yeah one of which was a bit difficult because Nathan was lying on the floor and he had a 130 kilogram fella on top of him and he couldn't move, but 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 there we go. So, you know, and he went in the sim bin, and then obviously as soon as that happens, you're under pressure against their scrum, um, and we ended up having to defend a scrum on their line, and we couldn't hold it. Um, so that was that was that was the way it was. But but at half time we regrouped, talked about the discipline side of things, um, talked about a couple of other things that uh, that we wanted to do 
in, uh, in, in attack and, and came out in the second half a lot more focused. It's a big pack, second half. I think he got a one scrum against the head. JP yeah. Cooney came on, did a good job. Yeah. Nathan did a really good yeah. job after being disappointed to be yeah. sinned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, turned it around. Yeah, we were, like we were, apart from when we were down to seven men, we were comfortable on our own ball. Like even when we were down to seven men, we got penalised in the scrum for, for no apparent reason. I couldn't understand it. Um, but uh, um, on our own ball, we were, we were fine. And then, as you say, on their ball in the second half, gradually we started to turn the screw and we got a massive turnover when JB came on. He did really well, to be fair he, to him, yeah. yeah. Um, as did Finley when he was, he was playing. It was good to see Nathan back. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I think we, we found a hammer with the driving mall. So, you know, it was uh, um, uh, the little move around the front uh, was designed uh, earlier in the week when John Muldoon came in to me with a, a, a little spot on the way that they defended and uh, the two of us sat down together and worked out a way that we thought we could, uh, we, we could uh, sneak one past their big prop at the front and it worked. All right, listen, you got to get checked in, although there's still a bit of a cue, so we're OK. So that gives yeah, me time to say to you that Connacht have won three times in a row in Europe. Or in, sorry, let me say that again. Connacht have won three times in a row in France for the very first time since Munster did it between 1999 and 2001. So that's a stat in itself. Um, you know, all season, three times this season, we've lost two in a row and we haven't gone to that three in a row. Again, I think that's just underlining the fact that 11 wins, one draw, seven defeats mm-hmm. is a record that really says substance from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, and, and I think today we, we, we had to pull ourselves back from um, um, a situation where we weren't playing our best rugby, um, and you know we probably played our best performance against Munster. Mm. Uh, we came out against Edinburgh in horrendous conditions against a very big uh, pack that was playing well and suffered. Uh, we then had to play another big team in Exeter, um, and I think... To be fair to the lads, that that's hard work. You know, that's hard work over that period. Ten games in a row uh, with a relatively small squad compared to to the others. But you just said it, Rob. Um, when, when when the chips were down and we needed to get into a quarter fi- final, we, we found what was necessary. Massive game against Clenty in two weeks. Good that you have the little bit of a break as well. But it's 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 huge, like. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it is very important. We've got a very important patch coming up with with Dragons away as well. Um, I think we then follow that up with Cardiff away. Yeah, we've, got, the yeah. Game, yeah. we've got we've got three 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 Welsh games um, uh, away, so they're, they're they're really important, and and we'll we'll, we'll probably in in they, well they won't define it, but they could go some way to to telling us whether we're going to make what we want to make. Uh, it'll be tough, it'll be tough, but uh, we will be prepared. That's for certain. And I'll ask you about the quarterfinal in a few weeks' time, but it's just great to be there. Cheers, yeah. Yeah, Rob, looking forward to it. the uh, away game in Gloucester is uh, is uh, uh, from from three years ago. Uh, is it three years ago? Yeah. And three years ago has very bad memories for a lot of us. Uh, we owe them. Right, this has been a jam-packed podcast. I, I started to try and do a radio documentary, and it worked, I think. But my God, it's taken a while to get to this point of the podcast, which is the last few seconds. Thanks for joining me, Lily. I think when we started, it was like uh, 7 a.m. Well, it was, it was 4 a.m. for Galway, and then 7 a.m. in Dublin Airport. I was listening back to the audio. I think I said Galway Airport. Which is <laughs> well, it feels like we've actually been away from home for a lot longer, hasn't it? Because we have been on the go for the last 24 hours. And uh, to be fair to the La Rochelle crowd, the nicest thing about after that, after, after, apart oh, from yeah. the win, was they celebrated. They gave all the journalists. A lovely glass of champagne. What, the perfect what, what, end. The perfect end to a perfect evening. Wait, I didn't get any champagne. Where was I? Oh, that's harsh.
Well, well, I, I didn't deserve it because I forgot the batteries for Warren's audio as well. Listen, thanks for listening, folks. Lindy, you'll join us soon, but you're going to enjoy the two-week break from Connacht Rugby or are you going to miss it? Are you looking forward to that Clenetly match? Are you going to go over and see what it's like? Oh, well, we're definitely going to the Clenetly yeah. match and, you know, I'll enjoy the, the, the break, but I'll be, I'll be ready to get back into it. What a season. Game 19 is over, folks. We'll be back. Uh, actually, we're going to be back early. Episode 20 is going to be a preview of the Clenetly game. We're going to be at a press conference on the Monday and then we'll be doing it. The boys will be back for that. That's it. Thanks very much. Thank you.